0: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play, look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. From the halls of assembly you'll hear a screaming shout Our love of Indiana is manic devout Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics!
2: Hello, Ward.
0: Hello, Eric. How you doing, buddy? I'm very well rested, thank you very much. How are you doing?
2: I am not as well rested, and we will find out why that's the case and get into all of that, that uh, the consequences of that when we talk to our guest. Okay. But, uh, and it is important for people to realize that we are shooting this intro after we did the interview with our guest. And it's important that you know that because it will explain the beginning of the interview with our guest. Uh Huge last few days for Indiana basketball. Some big news. Let's get go. into all that. But okay. before we do, as always, we are Powered CommunityCards.com Sponsor of the
1: Publisher Hysterics. CommunityCards.com Illusion Legends Talk with Gordon Eric.
2: You really put some mustard on that one today.
0: I, I think I put some phlegm on that one.
2: <laughs> you put some phlegm. I thought you were going to vomit, which <laughs> which actually will will uh, be a little bit of foreshadowing for the stories that come after the interview today.
0: That's right. The outro.
2: Look, communitycars.com. I got a text message from somebody that attended the fantasy camp uh, who said, just picked up my car from Community Cars. They were. By the way, it's Hoosier Red. The car it looks sweet. That car looks sweet. I think it was like a a a, a Mazda new. I don't know what it it was. A good looking car. A Miata crossover. A a Miata. Not a. It was not a Miata. I don't even think they make the Miatas anymore. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Death traps. Total death traps. Little toy cars. But don't be a jackass. Get your car from Community Cars. There's too much to talk about, so let's just get into big news came out yesterday, which would be Monday, that Liam McNeely, one of the prized recruits of the entire 2024 class and definitely number one A or one B priority for Indiana in their recruiting efforts Liam McNeely canceled the visit that he was set to take this coming weekend to Texas, which had long been considered at the top tier for him. It's the hometown school. He canceled the visit, and he is down to IU and KU.
0: Ward, what do you think? Woody versus self is becoming a thing, and I'm here for it. Um, This is the table, the proverbial table. Woody said IU should have a seat at. We're sitting there and you and I have uh had this discussion off air you ha- you were talking about it with reasonable rabbi and and tactful Trevor versus the hysterics uh self is the best coach at the best program in the country it's you know at this point with Coach K gone with Jay Wright gone um he's the only guy sitting at the table with two national titles um tons and tons and tons of conference championships just really almost unprecedented success uh, in the NBA. You know, you could, oh, well, Kentucky, yeah, well, but they're sure they're an NBA factory, but boy, have they've been as disappointing in the postseason as Purdue. So really, Self is the guy, nationally speaking. He's number one, and that Woody now finds himself going toe-to-toe again with him in just a few short months after one of the absolute best high school players in the country, that's... All wonderful news. That's where we want to be. But we as Hoosier fans, never satisfied. And man, I just, you know, as much as we wanted McKenzie, that all happened so quickly. But Liam, this is it. This is the long recruitment that we want to see pay off because so many of our big scores have been sort of at the 12th hour. Somebody decommitted somebody, you know, hey, is looking for a new home in short order. You know, whether you're talking about scoop or Jalen or or Malik, you know, or McKenzie or Tamar Bates. Or that's please. why I said that's why I said,
2: oh, you said scoop. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry.
0: Yep. Um, that here we go. Let's go. Let's get this done. And then to, to another point you've made, uh, the dominoes that we want to fall. It's not just about Liam. It's about Derek and potentially about Curtis and potentially about boogie wondering who he's going to be playing with. We need this dude, like no other recruit since coach Woodson showed up.
2: I agree for all the reasons you just said. It is, it is Woody's first long-term recruitment that is the closest to deciding. And we haven't seen us win one of those yet. And it's great to live on the edge with the spring recruitments. It's fun because it's so short and exciting, but you've got to balance it out with these long-term investments and the relationships that you built. And Indiana fans have known the name Liam McNeely for two years. And you got to land it. I mean, it's like there, I always say this, Rabbi and I argue about this. I do not believe there is second place in recruiting. There is first place and there is last place. It doesn't matter that you're in second place. I don't care how many times you finish in second place. You have to win. And where we are in this era of Indiana basketball, as we enter year three of Mike Woodson, and then we're talking about the 2024 class which Liam McNeely hopefully will spearhead that's Woody's fourth year. It's not the beginning anymore, right? It's not getting your feet wet. It is now at the time where you have to get the program to a place where you are not operating at a talent deficiency versus elite schools. I believe we are getting there, but we're still not there yet. This upcoming season, I think we have a lot of pieces, but I don't think we are at on paper the talent level that we want to be at for deep, fine, you know, tournament runs, bona fide Big Ten championships. The 2024 class has the ability to get us there because of the long term investment in some of these guys like Derek Queen and Liam McNeely and what that could mean with Boogie Fland and Honor Botang and Curtis Givens. That class has to be the class that takes us not incremental steps, but it's the big leap that plants the flag that Indiana is an elite talent school with enough talent to make deep runs. And then it's up to coaching and the players.
0: If you want a top 10 program, you got to have top 10 talent. I think the last two classes, if you include transfer portals, I saw we were kind of like 11th and 12th. So sort of getting to the cusp, but of course you lose a trace, Jackson Davis, you lose a Jalen hood, Shafino. You got to replace that. You got to develop the guys that are still there. Um, But I think we saw it pretty quickly in Vegas against Arizona. And and you probably saw it uh, at Kansas, even though X went down. Is like, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. You would have to play a perfect game to be able to take out teams like that. Um, And
2: hope that the other team doesn't play well. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, part like, of the
0: perfect game would be our defense, you know, throwing okay, them off or you know, so so it's like, but no, to just sort of say like, yes, confidently we're marching out seven, eight, nine guys who can hold their own against their top uh rotational players and starters. This this is, you know, twenty twenty four, as you say, is so crucial to that. And then when you think about who we have already been in. Uh, on for a long time for 2025 and even just another offer went out yesterday to a guy who's really rising and it's like you know stacking classes to bring that turn back stacking classes now and great
2: stacking elite classes yeah yeah
0: oh you've got Malik coming back and then who from those 24s we might get who might stick around for uh two or three seasons and then with the 25s coming in that's how you get enough studs to be like, yes, this is a team built for March. Yeah.
2: And to your point about like the 10, 11, 12 ranked classes that we've had, no doubt that's where they've been. But a couple of things on that one, we were starting from a real talent deficiency, totally, like, totally, real talent efficiency Then look at each of those classes. They were all heavily weighted by one person. So Tamar Bates was a high ranked player, you know, Jalen hood Shafino was a highly ranked player. Malik was up there too.
0: Yeah. That, that's, you could but even not top to see-
2: 10, but, but not, not top 15. Sure. You know, I think Malik ended somewhere around the thirties, you know, um, and then this class McKenzie weighs this class cause he's
0: 10 and. But Tamar, you have to feel from a talent standpoint. Where where it's like sure, but but he fits into what I'm
2: about to say too. Tamar didn't work out. Jalen's a one year player. Mackenzie is likely a one year player. Khalil is a one year player, likely. Right. So when your class is 10, 11, 12, and highly weighted by the fact that you have one year players, yeah, it just makes it harder. It's why the teams that do focus on one-year players, they're getting five of those guys.
0: Yeah, like Duke, Kentucky, they're getting multiple, multiple. And it's still not working for Duke and Kentucky.
2: No, exactly. But on paper, for most years, you look at Duke and Kentucky over the last ten years, and on paper, you're like they have enough talent. Now, turns out some of it is bad luck too. You know, I mean, we get that. But Calipari sucks, so yeah. that that's helpful.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> That's unlucky for Kentucky fans.
2: But you're right. But the only way to make one and done work is to get multiple and do it every single year, which is a tough place to be and not where Indiana really wants to be. The other place to be is, like you said, you get guys that are sticking around and then you filter in some top-notch guys, one or two guys, with a foundation of these other top guys. The 2024 class is I really do think the first time where we have a legitimate, legitimate chance to elevate our talent to that level.
0: Got got some breaking news on your phone there? Liam's making his announcement.
2: No, no, no. Sorry. No, I don't. So it is a giant uh, piece of news that he canceled Texas. It is down to mano y mano It's the rubber match in recruiting. We got McKenzie. They got Flory. Who's who's going to get Liam? They beat us last year in Kansas. We're playing them this year in Bloomington. Ward, mm-hmm. can you imagine the energy in that building if we land Liam McNeely and let's just say Liam decides to come to that game? <laughs> I mean, I just – I want the drama. I want the whole story. Uh, so that's what's going on. In Indiana basketball, it does seem like he's in decision making mode. I don't think this thing gets dragged on too long. In fact, just to check, let me just make sure that while we've been doing this, no other news has come out. No, I don't believe it has. So we don't have an announcement date. We don't know how far along he is in his own thought process, but the the conventional wisdom and the prevailing thoughts here are that he is in decision making mode. He does not want this to drag on. The family and him want the recruiting to be behind them. So pins and needles, pins and needles, pins and needles from here on out. Or as my people say,
0: you're on Spilchus. Whoa, I'm sorry. God bless you. Gesundheit. Yep.
2: Spilchus. Go ahead and say it. Spilchus. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Spilchus. Spilchus. Spilchus.
0: Spilchus.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to a new segment called Teaching Gentiles Yiddish.
0: What what does spilkish mean?
2: It means you're you're on butterflies. You're 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 on pins and needles. It's you're on spilkish. Your 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 nerves are are alive. So uh, that's where we're at. Football. Bum 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 bum. I mean bum 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 bum. You know, I, I just thought the first half was so embarrassing. And then, yeah, we fought back. Taven Jackson looked like a real player. He did. In that second half, he looked good. Yep. So I'm excited about him. But we lost to Louisville and Indianapolis, and Louisville isn't that good. And we should have beaten them, and we couldn't get the ball in from fourth and a half yard on a terrible play call. I, I do say I don't understand football, period. <laughs> And I get it if you've got Jonathan Taylor in your backfield. Okay. You want, he's the best player on your team. Get him the ball and let him get a half a yard, right? Like that makes sense. But when you give, we're not a good running team. No, we aren't. We're a terrible running team. And you're at the half yard line and you're handing it off to a guy who's four or five yards behind you. It doesn't become a half yard run. It becomes a four yard run, which we're not good at. If you're going to run it, and Taven Jackson's a big guy. Why not just do the QB sneak and then get four guys behind them and push his ass into the end zone?
0: Yeah, I I always hate to bring up Tom Brady. But, <clears throat> yeah, I think but he would do that, right? He had a, like a 99% success rate at doing exactly that. And if you're IU up to that point in the game, you've got to be like, who on our line, which guard? Can pair with the center and get push. Who's who's got the best matchup there? And then just Taven, stick your nose right in between that guard and that center, and or or just just ride their ass right into the end zone. And and to your point, have some people pushing his ass from behind. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
2: It just was so disappointing, and it's another time where it feels like the coaching call let us down. Walt Bell, the offensive coordinator. I give him credit. The second half they opened it up. I don't know why it takes a half to open it up, you know, and let Taven do his thing. He looked awesome. It's funny, the first half he was like this close to a couple big plays, but seemed just a little off on his sure. throws. Yeah. And that could have been jitters, you know. It's a big environment. It's it's a big game. He's named the starter. There's pressure. He's a freshman, it's a his redshirt hometown? freshman. Yeah. Um, but second half, he settled in and looked like the quarterback. I do think like, what are they going to do in a couple weeks when Dexter Williams can play? Like, if, what are you going to do?
0: And I don't know to what degree Dexter Williams has been getting any kind of reps, you know, but I think you're looking at a situation where if he really hasn't been getting any reps yet, uh, it's at least a, two or three weeks of that before you can start to think that he could come in and be as effective running the offense as Taven who's now been getting all the first team reps for a couple of weeks and assume it's a couple more after that and then you know could you be looking at um at Two quarterbacks playing. You know, are there some stuff Taven has shown that he can do? Maybe Dexter doesn't. Clearly, Dexter is such a threat with his feet, and it doesn't look like Taven can do that, but isn't isn't going to be elite in that department. So it it's uh it's potentially a good problem to have for IU. And I really look forward to Tom Allen not saying who's gonna be the starting quarterback for the rest (laughs) of the season. (laughs)
2: Um let me ask you a question. Is it against the rules in football? if the center hikes it to the quarterback and the quarterback touches it and then the center just takes it again.
0: You know, the, uh, the center sneak, I remember being such a, a thing of lore in my childhood. Is that legal? I uh, I don't believe it is legal. Like where in terms of, I don't, I
2: I would imagine that the, the center has to let go of the ball. Yeah, But but could the center let go of the ball for a split second and then take it again and just dive into the end zone?
0: You know what? I'm going to say it's not possible because you never see it. Like, and I don't know if that's because that exchange is impossible or, or if there is some rule preventing it. Um, I'd be, you know, I haven't thought about the center sneak in about 30 years. So it would be, it would be good to find out, but no, I, I think if it could be done, we'd see it at least tried every once in a while in college or in the pros, and we never, ever, ever see it.
2: Look, if I was the head coach of Indiana football, (laughs) there would be some real changes happening. Number one.
0: If you were the head coach of Indiana football, I'd feel terrified about the Akron game.
2: You're not terrified by the Akron game now? No. Oh, I am. Uh, First of all, we'd go for fourth down almost every single time.
0: Yeah, you're an (laughs) analytics guy.
2: You have four downs to get 10 yards. You have four downs to get 10 yards. Uh, Number two, we would do an onside kick every single time.
0: Hey, worked out pretty well last week.
2: Uh, But they should do it every time because here's why. The reason many onside kicks work is because of the randomness of the football rolling on the ground right? It's not, if, if the football was round onside kicks would never work, right? Because it would be easy to fall on the ball, but the ball goes crazy. The only way to maximize randomness is to do it every time.
0: But you, you, if you take away uh, the not knowing that the, the, the receiving team knows it's coming, they can do different formations and get hands teams in and, And you're really reducing the chance of it working by them knowing you're going to do it.
2: You might be right, but no one's done it. So we don't (laughs) really know. It's true. Um,
0: It's true. You'd be a real pioneer in the field.
2: Let me tell you what else. We would never kick a field goal from 50 yards. Ever. Ever. I'm not sure I would kick a field goal. Unless it's fourth and like more than 10. I'm not kicking a field goal. I'm not kicking a field goal. There's too many points scored in football these days. Just you get another down, get the yards, get the yards. There also needs to be more trickery with guys running towards the sideline and pretending they're going to be out of bounds and not being out of bounds.
0: <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, look, there was there was some of that trickery. I was actually getting really bad flashbacks to Coach Pagano and the disastrous um, – I don't even know what the the name for that play was, but uh, often considered one of the worst plays in NFL history where they like, they lined up, it was supposed to be on a punt and they lined up like eight dudes off to the right yes. and sapped it to McAfee. And it it was just like the worst design works, worst executed trick play you'd ever seen. And obviously did not work, but, but we pulled it off. We, we pulled off that, you know, uh, I don't even know what you would call that formation um, but I I was instantly going oh no 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 not this again I've seen how this turns out but hey that that worked and it did it got me a little more excited to see what Walt Bell might have up his sleeve in the coming season now if that had not worked out I would have been all the way on the other side and been like oh no it's Pagano part two this time in Bloomington um, so yeah at least you know and look I I started that game on delay yeah. Uh, we had to do some stuff with the family. I had to avoid all my text messages. And as I, you know, because I'll, I'll bust through the commercials, sometimes even, you know, if it's a long setup between plays. And then the way that game was going in the first half, I was like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be jetting through most of this. And then to really have to slow down and, and just watch it in real time if you will real speed I should say yep the second half it was fun I just did not expect to still be really engaged and literally on the end of my seat in that second half and yeah it was a total bummer they didn't pull it off but and we were debating on the goons thread a little bit about this historically going back to to our undergrad days up until present day IU hangs around in the first half Um, But then in the second half, the second and third uh, eh, positional players, particularly on the line, you know, they just get worn down by the other team and and we get blown out and it's over by the fourth quarter. This was very much the opposite experience. And maybe it makes it even more painful when we lose right at the end. But at least it kept me engaged for a full game of football.
2: That's fair. That is fair. Well, we will see what happens against Akron. Another update, women's volleyball, which is the program that keeps on going, won four games this last weekend. Four. They went 4-0, and they opened the Big Ten this Wednesday night. So this, this podcast is coming out Wednesday. Tonight, in Bloomington, at Wilkinson Hall, it is a red out. It is the beginning of the Big Ten season. It's against Illinois. Show up, show out. First of all, Wilkinson is an awesome place to watch volleyball.
0: Great venue. Great venue.
2: Awesome venue. And this team is 10 and three. It's the best start in quite some time. This team is legitimate. They've won seven games in a row after coming out to LA and me putting bad luck on them. Yeah, that was fault. Um, cool. But they are looking really good. They are fun. They're, there's a great Big Ten uh, online. There's a great story on Morgan Geddes, one of the players on the team who has a pet hedgehog named Herbert. <laughs> That's all true, but really just an incredibly fun team to root for Wednesday night. Take the family. If you're in the Bloomington area, get to Wilkinson hall against Illinois. It's a red out, put on your red Ward. That's all I have to say. We've got a special guest and we don't want to keep her waiting.
0: Wait, wait. You blew through the whole pitch for the volleyball game and Wilkinson hall. And didn't mention that right when you walk in the front doors, Chick-fil-A is available.
2: Dude, I don't think Chick-fil-A is there anymore.
0: What the hell?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think Chick-fil-A got pulled. I don't know. Because there hasn't been Chick-fil-A at at Assembly Hall either recently.
0: I mean, when have you been to Assembly Hall recently? At the end of
2: last year. There was no Chick-fil-A.
0: I don't even remember Chick-fil-A being in assembly hall, but I distinctly remember that about Wilkinson cuz when we went to see the ladies play volleyball the last time, I knew exactly what I was going to do after the the first the first set.
2: Yeah, no, I you're right. If Chick-fil-A is still there, it's the greatest thing of all time that it's there. But I don't want to I just don't want to promise people Chick-fil-A and then they get mad at us when they get there and it's like Bob's fried chicken sandwich replaced it.
0: Well, I hope Bob doesn't listen to the show. There's no such thing as a bad fried chicken sandwich, by the way. No, but there are even better ones.
2: Yeah, but can you name a fried chicken sandwich that you've eaten and gone, this is terrible? KFC, Popeyes, Churches,
0: McDonald's. McDonald's isn't great.
2: No, but it's good.
0: Okay, it's like... Burger King? Burger King? Oh, God. I, I haven't been to a Burger King in 20 years.
2: Do you remember the long chicken sandwich? Disgusting.
0: Everything Burger Bullshit. King. Oh shit! Everything that long chicken King. sandwich is marvelous. If if Burger King made it, um, no.
2: What is your deal being against Burger King? I've never heard
0: such vitriol towards Burger King. Well, it's gross. That's my problem with Burger King. They're all gross, Ward. Oh, They're oh, all no. gross. McDonald's
2: no, is less gross.
0: Yes, because it tastes good. I'm not saying it's healthier, but it tastes Are good. Are you
2: saying a Whopper is disgusting? Yes, dude. This might be a deal breaker in our relationship. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) All right. Let's not keep our guest waiting, Ward. I would hate, hate, hate to keep
0: our guest waiting. Here comes our guest. Here comes our guest.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Hoosiers of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Hoosier Hysterics podcast with a very special guest. And as you can tell already, if you are watching this, There is something different going on today, and that's that Ward is not on it. Why? Now, we say this all in jest because, God forbid, something really bad happened and we don't know about it. But there is a decent chance he's just sleeping. There is. There is a decent chance of that. Yeah, I know. It's insulting. And I hope our guest gives him merciless shit for it. Merciless. So, Before we get into that, let me talk about who our guest is, hailing from Seymour, Indiana. By the way, I love the fact that this guest has been with us several times, and every time I just keep updating the resume, and it just keeps getting better. She is entering her 10th season as the IU women's head basketball coach. She has taken Indiana to five NCAA tournament appearances. It would have been six had it not been for the COVID year. That includes two Sweet Sixteens in a lead eight, eight consecutive twenty-win seasons. She has a two hundred and ninety-three. Uh, actually, I think it's more than two hundred, but two hundred. Was it two hundred and four? You don't know. You wouldn't know how many. You yeah, do not uh, And ninety-three record at IU, the all-time winningest IU women's basketball coach ever. Her overall record is three hundred and ninety-nine and two hundred and twenty-three. Next win, big number four hundred. She has coached 48 academic All Big Ten selections. She has coached five academic All-American nominees. She has coached 30 All Big Ten honorees, 74 consecutive weeks ranked in the AP Top 25. Big Ten Coach of the Year this last season, which was her second time in nine seasons, first ever for Indiana AP National Coach of the Year, the K Yao Award, which is awarded to the coach who embodies a winning spirit while displaying great character on and off the court. Helped Team USA, part of the coaching staff for the U18 and under 19 gold medal teams in 22 and 23. And last year's team, 28 and 4 overall record, 16 and 2 in the Big Ten. Nine wins over AP top 25 teams, the best ever. Five wins over top 10 teams. Reached number two in the AP poll, best ever. Number one seed in the NCAA tournament. First ever first team All American in Mackenzie Holmes. First outright Big Ten championship in 40 years. A, a, as I said before, a 28 and four overall record. Six All Big Ten selections. Quite simply, the GOAT when it comes to <laughs> Indiana women's basketball. Please welcome one of our favorite, not just coaches, but people in the world, Coach Terry Morin.
1: Thank you.
2: Before we get into it, what do you want to say to Ward? What do you want to say to? Oh Ward?
1: well, what I want to say to Ward, I can't say. Uh, you know, and it, there's a, probably going to be a, a bunch of fans that are going to be maybe watching this, and they're going to think less of me <laughs> if I if I use the language. And if my mother was still on this earth, she would say you're you're not supposed to talk like that, Terry. So, I will uh, I will just wait till I see him in person, and then really tell him how I feel about him uh, missing this uh, this 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 podcast this morning.
2: Oh look look who's popping in
1: well he must have heard me he must have felt me from look, wherever look, maybe bed i don't know look who's popping I can't wait. in he he probably won't show his face because of his his hair might be all a mess
2: <laughs> all right so real quick little peek behind the scenes ward wasn't here for the start coach what do you want to say to him
1: I'm gonna guess that you you had a little bit of a, a difficult time getting out of bed this morning. So you must you're probably working it. You're probably working so hard last night. <laughs> stayed up too late. <laughs> that legging. is
2: definitely not it.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you, Coach. It was that's the fastest i've gotten out of bed in a long time (laughs) it wasn't the getting out of bed that was a problem it was realizing that this was at eight o'clock not at nine o'clock that was the problem i'm very sorry i apologize gonna have to run sprints gonna have to run sprints i've got got the garage right here i can just one up
1: and back (laughs)
2: that's
1: right that's right Okay. All right,
2: so let's dive back in. We were just talking about uh, the recruiting message and kind of the culture that that has stayed consistent throughout the recruiting yeah. message. I want to follow up on something there, Coach. I know we don't like looking uh, beyond what's right in front of us, especially when yeah. you're in athletics at the highest level like you are because it's always the next game. But recruiting is obviously always about the future. And over the last few years, I think it's safe to say – that because of graduation, you're losing some of just the most important people in the history of Indiana women's basketball, mm-hmm. starting with Allie Patberg, you right. know, and even before that with Brenna Wise, but but Allie into Grace last year, and then mm-hmm. clearly we're heading into Mackenzie Holmes's last year as an Indiana yep. Hoosier. Right. Do you think about that when you're on the recruiting trail are you thinking like who's going to replace that piece? Who are mm-hmm. who's the next wave? And obviously, you have people yeah. like Chloe and Sid and and Lily coming in behind. But mm-hmm. do you think about not just filling the roles on the court, but these were like cultural pieces. They were the right. head of the table, if you will. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And
2: and how much are you looking for that in addition to the basketball piece?
1: Well, the answer is this. Uh, Eric, we're not going to be able to replace any of those, right? They're, you just can't. They're, they're um, not just from a skill, talent, but, um, but, but I think what you can do, and, you know, we said this when Grace uh, graduated, you know, the legacy, uh, you know, for her or, you know, one of the greatest gifts that we can give Grace Berger because we didn't finish the job the way we wanted to uh, was we could take all the lessons that Grace taught us, the work piece, how to be a great leader, uh, the competitiveness that she had. Um, and that, and we can, that can hopefully trickle down, you know, until to our team and it's, and so, and it's going to be the same thing with Mac and it was the same thing with Allie, you know, that the lessons that they taught us while they were here, uh, you know, you just, you hope you point them out, but you know, that they are, um, they're resonating throughout that locker room. And so, um, You know, it's like the professor and the student. Right. And if they're paying attention, they're learning a lot of great lessons with some of the very best. Right. You know, that they get to play with. And um, and so, yeah, I think about it all the time um, because I know it's not it's not going to be easy to to uh, replace the talent piece. I think we'll find talented players. But to your point, can they come in and be about what mackenzie has been about? Uh, what grace has been about what Allie Patberg and Brenna and that's always been about that I'm not bigger than this team I'm a part of it Uh, that we will always uh, be greater than the me and um, what sacrifices can I make uh, that will help us be successful because they all had to do that at some point you know Allie you know we took her off the point so Nikki could play the point Allie could play off the ball, you know, um, and so there's, there's been a lot of sacrifices that um, all of them have had to make at some point, but, um, you know, here's what I do know about the group that we have, um, you know, they're, they're, they've paid attention, they realize, they know who our, 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 uh, our leaders are, and every single day, I feel like they, they take something from them, and, and, um, you know, I can't cannot, uh, you know, overstate it enough uh, what a great leader Mackenzie Holmes has turned out to be for us. Um, and when you have your, your and you, you've heard this before, when your hardest worker is your best player, that's special. And, um, and she's that for us. But uh, she has help. You know, Sid Parrish, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Chloe um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm very hopeful, very optimistic about the future here with Lene Beaumont, Jules Lamondola, um, you know, two, two freshmen for us that I think have a really bright future and, um, have been coachable. So coachable, not by me, not by our staff, uh, but have really fallen in line, you know, with, um you know, those upperclassmen, those vets. And so, um, you know, and that's part of our player development. It's part of our people development piece. You know, we got to help them, um, understand what leadership looks like. Um, but when they get to see it, like they do every single day, um, you know, it, it helps. And, um, yeah. And so it's, it's a gift that Matt continues to give every single day when she's in here early, you know, being the first all American for us, she's in here doing her work with coach Rhett before practice um and so um yeah that's a that's been a mainstay in our in our program so um you know that that i'm i'm confident will continue to happen
0: well and and hearing you lay out the lineage like that it's like oh how are you ever going to replace ally as, well, well, oh, as leader well how are you ever going to replace grace as leader how are you ever going to replace Mackenzie? like it it's it's the culture now it just right. it, it's And I'm not going to say it's self-sustaining because you have to keep bringing those players in and, and yeah. giving them what they need to flourish as leaders. But even when we were talking to Mac about how much she developed as a player from not being able to defend to becoming one of the best defenders in the country, okay. um, you mentioned how she's grown into this leadership role. And I, I do wonder, is that something... That you can recognize when a player is coming in that they have that potential because you can see on the court, but it's really are you looking at the parents, how are you figuring out uh, that that maybe one of these players is going to be by the time they're a junior a senior, what you've now got a program full of which is upper class who know how to lead.
1: Yeah. I think it's a great question, but, um, you know, oh, I will say
2: that. he was late. He was late. Don't compliment him. <laughs> what is that? You haven't told me I had a good question yet. And I was on time. I mean, that is some I think, bullshit.
1: Okay. Well, I, we still got some time here. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's great. Cause I want to point out the other thing that, that McKinsey. I would have never thought that she would turn out to be, um, as good of as a recruiter mm. as she's turned out to be when she first arrived here as a freshman, uh, very timid, uh, couldn't give you great eye contact, uh, soft-spoken. Uh, and now it's like, you know, part of it is because she wants to coach that's, it's going to be in her future. Um, but, um, you don't have a lot of fifth year seniors that want to host recruits anymore. Right. You just don't, you know, that's for, Oh, that's, I'm, I'm past that. I'm not going to play with those kids. That's one Uh, how important it is, you know, uh, how important this program is to McKenzie. Um, And, and in terms of bringing in, continue to bring in great players because she wants this place to be special, right. Continue to be special. Um, And so I don't know that you can, um, I say that just because Ward, I don't know that I thought that when Mac arrived here, she was going to turn out to be one, the leader that she's become to, Uh, you know, the recruiter that she's become, I I do think you can see it and sense it from personalities when you recruit some of these kids and you, and you go, oh, Jules Lamandola, like when you meet her, you're going to love Jules. You're going to love Lene. Outgoing, make you feel comfortable. Like those two are going to be really good recruiters inside of our program. There's no question.
0: We we uh, met them at the youth camp and they were, yeah. they were so comfortable right away, just like like giving us a hard time. And yeah. we haven't even introduced ourselves yet. They were yeah. great.
1: Yeah. So so I do think once you start recruiting these these uh, young women and you get to know them and then you get them on campus and you're around them even more, you know, there's there's this addition that you're gonna get when if they decide to come to Indiana, not only are you gonna get a really good basketball player and hopefully a great student, but you're also because they they all have to become recruiters. Mm-hmm. The the best recruiters on this campus are our players, and so when parents come, when players come, prospects, uh, they have to. Our kids have to get in front of them because they tell our story the best. They live it every day, um, and and that's when we try to remove ourselves. I don't want to be around when they're asking our kids questions. Not that I think they're going to be truthful because they, we've we've taught them that don't lie. Don't tell them it's easy here. Because that would be untruthful, you know, tell them what it's what it's like to be in this space, whether it's in, you know, in the academic world or with us, what the training's like, what the expe- expectations are like. Um, and so we have conversations like that. So hopefully the best part of my job is watching our kids grow every year and to becoming um not they're already adults, but I mean more mature acting adults, right? And yeah, but but leaders. they're not
2: really. I mean, like you're, I know you're... you, you know, some of them they're not. I mean, like we yeah. we've been around. And first of all, I know what we were like when we were freshmen, sophomores, or sure. thirty five years well, old. What well, we're like we right now. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: but but we we'll call them young people.
2: Yes, young but people. Ward and I talked about this after we had Mac on the show just a few weeks ago. And we had Mac on right after her freshman or her sophomore year, right after her sophomore year, we had the evolution of Mac is remarkable. And Mm -hmm. I can just imagine as a coach, it's got to be maybe even more gratifying to see the growth of somebody like Mac off the court as it is on the court. Yeah.
1: It's the best. It's the best because uh, you know, everything for her has changed since she's been here from, um, you know, her, her game, obviously, but also from maturity level from this confidence that she she uses. I mean, it it is. Uh, and, and part of that is the success she's had, but that's part of it is, you know, she's she's changed some habits, uh, you know, you know, uh, as far as, um, you know, uh, you know, body. I mean, she's yeah. down. Uh, you know, she is, uh, you know, like I said, she is at a, even though she does still have moments, which I think all females have is that moment of, you know, that we're, we're maybe not, uh, as confident as we need to be. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she, she's still, she's done a, a complete 360 and has become this person that, um, uh, I'm so proud of. And, and because it's, it's been, that's the coolest part of what I get to do guys is watch, watch the evolution, watch the transformation that's happening right before my eyes from year to year. Um, And I love, I love that.
2: It also seems like talking about how it rubs off on, on younger people. Mm -hmm. When we saw Lily at the uh, youth camp and the fantasy weekend, it looked like her body has changed. It looked like she's put in work and slimmed down. And I can only imagine that being around Mac every day who you know is an all-american and can yeah. tell her story that has to be part of why she put in the work to do no it.
1: doubt no she's uh, lily's about 20 almost 20 i think eight pounds lighter wow. than she was a year ago yeah well,
2: that um, is that is a huge incredible difference.
1: right but but you go back to what Ward was saying about the lineage like it's Allie patberg you know taught us Brenna wise that uh you know what we put in our body was important our recovery um Grace Berger, the same way, very conscientious about their recovery, sleep, yes. uh, what sleep. they were willing to, yeah, what they were willing to, uh, you know, put in their body every day. Uh, when we sat down and we had dinners, the things that they were ordering, um, you know, from a, from a very healthy standpoint. And so um, that thing, that stuff trickles down, you know, and there's always has to be evidence of this works, right? Well, why was Allie as good as Allie and, you know, well, Why was Grace Berger? And and so I think Mac early on, you know, was um, kind of looked at Allie like this is my this is my person, right? This is the person that I want to I want to, uh, you know, pick up, you know, some of the habits that Allie has because, um, you know, she's 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 was obviously a great player, but uh, just a healthy looking, you know, uh, female and strong. so yeah, I think it all does rub off on on the on each other, um, you know. And, and you guys know this. I mean, it's no secret that, you know, women, women athletes, women in general. I mean, we all want to look healthy. We want to, uh, you know, um, and 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 also it's there's a connection there about the way we train, the way we look, um, and how it transfers onto the floor. You know, uh, we're from a stamina standpoint, from a from a strength standpoint. We can ask a lot, outlast a lot of people because of that, and uh, I, I know our kids believe that. There's a level of confidence that comes when they go and they spend time with Kevin, and they look at themselves in the mirror and like what they look like.
2: Yes, uh, yeah, I can an, only imagine.
1: Yeah, an added layer of confidence that they have when they step between the lines.
2: So let's go backwards this this uh, this summer because we just talked a little bit about what you're doing now recruiting. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Greece. Uh, Uh, we followed it online. We saw the social media posts. It looked like a once in a lifetime experience. We talked to Mac about it, who just raved about it. Um, tell us from your perspective, why Greece was important for this program and this team.
1: Well, you know, unfortunately I think Grace Berger, we were supposed to go during COVID, you know, and Mm -hmm. she's like, uh, you know, I think the only kid uh that didn't have the opportunity to go on a you know that's you always hope that in their four years there they can all be on an international trip like that so um but um we were you know like i said we we missed it during covid and so scott knew that it was uh dolson knew that it was something that we we want to do every four years and um and um he's committed to that and so this was our our summer to do that and uh, we picked greece um not for any particular reason other than I actually wanted to do Greece and Croatia. Uh, but from a time perspective, I wanted to give our kids at least a, a little bit of time home before they mm-hmm. came back to, to school in August. And so we decided we were going to do an eight to nine day trip. And, um, the, uh, the output that we decided to go with, uh, just said that you probably want to eliminate uh, Croatia and try to spend all your time in Greece. So that's what we decided to do, but it was, amazing um and you know I thought the rhythm of it so we we tried to do everything in terms of all the sightseeing heavy sightseeing Athens um you know early in the trip and then the and then, then it morphed into more of a uh, we were literally on vacation we were staying at resorts we were on the the sea we were on the beach we were uh we need a boat day uh and so uh, played two games teams weren't very good uh, a lot of those uh, better players over there were on their holiday um, and so you know they tried to just uh, you know find enough people or players to to you know make a team and uh, but it was great for for Jules it was great for uh, Lene great for Charnice. Uh Yarden was home in Israel because she had been right. playing she flew over and met us Uh, And so we had everybody but Henna. So Henna was back in Finland playing, um, you know, for her country um, in the world. And so, you know, it was just, uh, you know, an opportunity. We have obviously Coach Box getting the the head job at Miami of Ohio. Uh, Amber Smith is now on staff. And so uh, some new faces. So it was really good good in, in the best part of it is you get 10 days of practice right true practice before you go uh so you are already without henna being here without yard and being here you you, you kind of get uh you have an idea of you know some of the things we can look forward to as um you know the season really starts here at the end of the month so but it was incredible if you've never been it has to be a bucket list because um it was it was incredible Oh, um, there's
2: Ward's alarm you, clock just went off.
1: Time yep. to get up, oh, oh, Coach Morin in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but you know those those trips are for moments. You know to, to bond and chemistry and uh, just just really you know have fun. And and they had an incredible summer of work. Uh, you know I I wasn't here for in July, but when I came back, I mean they they were crushing. We have you know if you go down and you look at that uh, record board with Kevin. You know, we had a lot of um, records being broken throughout the summer um, nice. because of the work that these these kids did. And, uh, you know, they get the end of July and, uh, you know, they typically want to go home and see their their mom and dad and friends and family. But this group was, um, I have to tell you a funny story too. So this this group was really looking forward to the trip. So it just so happened we were we were headed up Nebraska. There was a lot of lot of teams that took trips to Greece this year. One being uh, Nebraska. We were headed up. They were headed down, and um, I forget where we were going. But it was hot. It was literally hot that day. And there's nothing, um, you know, as far as elevation. I mean, you are literally walking stairs, and there's nothing smooth about it. You know, you're from from the rocks being uneven to and and so. We just happened to stop at this same lunch place. So we stopped and had lunch halfway, halfway in between before we got up and, um, and, uh, Nebraska stopped in. And of course our Dobos had this bright idea. We should get a picture so we can send it to the big 10 and they can post it, which was great. Fine. So we did that. But the girls, the, the women started talking about what they just did, what we were getting ready to do. And Nebraska was like, it's not worth it. You don't want to do it. It's hot out here. It's way up there. So they're complaining and our kids said uh well first of all we're in better shape than nebraska <laughs> and then they said so it, the, the heat won't stop us and we are in greece we're doing everything
2: i love and it so, it turned yeah. into a competition yes
1: so so our um, our lady that was with us um uh, marita was with us she was our guide and she overheard this whole conversation and so she pulled me aside afterwards and she said I'm so impressed by your team because I heard that whole conversation and I was thinking to myself, I hope they don't be, they're not going to be influenced by what they just heard from this other team. And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I'm like, that's not us. We, we, we beat our own drum. And if, if, wow. if our kids, and that's the thing I appreciated about this group is that they were up for anything. They wanted to see everything um, and sometimes, you know, when there's this factor of heat, and hot, you know, and all that, it was, um, it was incredible. And so um, I loved it that, um, you know, uh, you know, we were we were uh, able to be together. But also, I can tell you this, they, um, and one of the things you want to make sure your players always have is, is experiences, mem- experiences and memories, that this is going to be in their me- in memory bank forever. And I will, I will say this. They're, they will go back. One or two or three of these guys will go back. I will go back. I want to see Santorini and I want to see Mykonos mm. um, just because of the the experience that we had there. It was beautiful. That's
2: incredible. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: All right. So uh, on the basketball front, though, in Greece, one thing that, not a big deal, but it was noted that Mac didn't play in those games. Yeah. yeah. And we talked to Mac about the end of the year and how she hurt her knee again and and, mm-hmm. and wasn't 100% through the end of right. that year. And that really sticks in her craw. Um, we hear a lot about load management. That's like <laughs> the new catchphrase, right? We hear it a lot right. in the NBA. Yeah. But clearly, you are being more careful with Mac. Um, and it seems like you've got some depth this coming year, bringing in Sharnice, right. you know, Lily mm-hmm. devel- Lily's development. How, not worried, but how cognizant are you going to be of Mac's playing time, especially in those pre-conference games where, you know, maybe the the game is not in the balance?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, something we will definitely be mindful of. We're we're mindful of it right now in practice. The problem, Eric, is Mac. Uh, (laughs) I have to protect Mac from Mac. Um, And so... You know, you guys uh, have been around her enough to know that she is um, uber competitive, wants to be in, wants to play, wants to play every possession, wants to uh, take every rep. And so uh, what I'm fighting right now is uh, Mackenzie, just trying to protect her as well as I can in, in, in reps and getting out, like get out you know, um, but, but, um, yeah, she knows it. Um, it's been frustrating for her. It's been frustrating, I think for all of us. And so I don't know what better way, uh, to, 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 um, you know, ensure that she is, uh, has a full year and, you know, we get to the end of the season and she's ready to go in, in post season than just to try to eliminate some of her reps. You know, we get up big, hopefully there'll be many of those games where i can rest her um
2: you might have to suspend her you might, might have to have do to. a couple suspensions throughout the year yeah. but yeah. coach well, well, i am on the but i group. think there's
1: a fine, there is a fine line there because yes. you don't you don't want uh she still has goals right and right. uh and probably one of that is to become a back you know another you know another year being becoming an all american and so sure. You know, um, there's other other um, teams in our conference that I won't I won't talk about, but you know they they keep all those guys in, and you know they end up being you know the leader in points and blah, right. blah, blah, because they're they're crushing teams and um, and so I think you know you Mac and I will probably have a lot of discussions throughout because I don't want to. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be the reason why she's not an all-American again, right? Right. Or I think she'll, you know, if things go as we plan and she plays as well as she's played, you know, being all all Big Ten again and, and maybe the player of the year in the Big. So, I, you know, I want to still support her and help her and all the, the goals that she has. But but I, knowing Mac, she would uh, set all those aside to be able to say, you know, I led my team to a Final Four. Or this is, you know, ultimately the goal is to, to, you know, uh, play, win a national championship.
0: Well, I think one game where you're going to have to let her play wire to wire is a game you organized in Maine this season. And could you like again about like the it has to be so gratifying and rewarding as a coach to to reward a player like Mac, who has given so much to the program, and to be able to schedule a game like that in the arena where she won two state championships as a high school player. Can you talk about what goes into that decision and and how you pull that off and how it feels when she finds out you guys are going on that road game?
1: Well, a couple things, you know, one of the, when we bring in a lot of these kids from the state of Maine and or outside of Indiana uh, far, uh, we always try to, uh, you know, I always try to commit to at least getting back in their area, um, you know, cause I want their friends and families to be able to watch and play. Um, was it last year or the year before we went to Guinnipiac and that was pretty close to, you mm-hmm. know, where Mac, I think had three, four busloads of people that came over. Unfortunately, she got t- picked up two quick, maybe three quick fouls in the first half and had to sit a majority of that game. <laughs> However, that was when that was the younger Mac. Mac is way more mature and way smarter now. So, um, but, uh, so they, you know, we, we had a conversation. It's not going to be, you know, it's going to be in Portland, as you mentioned, uh, Ward. And, um, I mean, she cried mom and dad were more than, you know, uh, touched mom and dad went to Greece with us. Mom sent me a, uh, other mom sent me a really nice text message that they were all just, you know, so excited uh, Lenny, her father, already had started working, had been in contact with, uh, you know, the place we were playing, the venue with tickets and, da, 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 and this and that. So, uh, you know, but Mac was was certainly um, emotional about it.
2: That's incredible. Yeah. Really
1: so cool. now we just had. Yeah. I told her, I said, look, I said, you could run this for everybody. If we go over there and you get yourself in foul trouble again. Yeah, I may exactly. have to. I may have to be more noncommittal in telling these these parents that I'm going to take their child back towards you know, because there's there's such an excitement for those guys when they get to go back and play in front of family and friends, and she's going to have a lot of people. She certainly has a lot of, uh, you know, fans uh, yeah. in that area. Not just not, in, but in that area. So
2: it also sounds like if she screws it up, sounds like grounds for suspension. I'm just saying, like, I'm <laughs> just laying right. the groundwork for you. That's um, right. So Look,
1: I, be
2: I we're going to end on kind of outlook on on this team and what you're mm-hmm. seeing, but I do want to just revisit last year because, and, and we talked to you kind of, I think, about three quarters through last year, so we don't need to relitigate the, the season. It was yeah. magical. I mean, so much of it. the The Big Ten, the gauntlet that you had to run at the end. It's funny, when you were talking about Max composure and confidence, I do think about a game that ultimately we ended up losing. But the Iowa game at Iowa Mm -hmm. where she hit Mm -hmm. those free throws, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the game. I mean, the stones to step up in that environment. Like, I don't know if she hits those her sophomore year, you know. Um, But I I do want to talk about, look, Max gets banged up. We clearly see that it's not the same Indiana team against Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, And then not the same team, uh, obviously, against Miami. And we talked to Mac about this. In my history of watching Indiana basketball, period, just Indiana basketball in general, that is in the top three most painful losses, the Miami (laughs) loss. And, And while it killed me, it also... with some perspective made me happy because that's where you've gotten this program, that these losses hurt as much as they should hurt. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: How do you, how did you as a coach process that loss? Have you gotten over it? Do you think about it? And I'm sorry if you haven't thought about it in a while (laughs) and I'm the one bringing it up, but, but it was such, it was the end of the Grace Berger era, which obviously put some weight on it. How have you and the team processed that?
1: Well, I mean, it took me, it took me a while for sure. Um, on a side note, because I thought that um, the officials missed a big play at the end, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yep. That put them ahead. Um, but those are things that I always tell our kids you can't control. So you got to play through that. Look, are you we talking got about the, to the travel?
2: The travel yeah. that was clearly yeah. a travel yeah. because you're not yeah. allowed to take four steps <laughs> in basketball. Yeah
1: yeah and i just don't again I'm, I'm not gonna go too deep into this but you've heard me say this before in a game like that the two minutes those officials can't get anything wrong they got to right. get it all right and um and so uh that that there was that piece bothered me we got off to a really slow sluggish give miami credit they came out and punched us right in the mouth yeah um but to uh you know Again, Mac hadn't practiced for 12 days. We knew that she was probably going to take, it was probably going to take her at least a half to kind of get her, you know, her her feet under. Um, And so, you know, there were a lot of different uh, variables that went into that. But, um, you know, again, I, i don't want to take anything away from miami we just didn't play well enough especially um when you when you dig yourself a hole and you're playing from behind it takes a lot now give our kids credit give give Yarden credit talk about stones to come back and hit oh my issues. god yeah uh um, well Yarden
2: yard is a terminator i mean Yarden yeah. is a terminator i mean she <laughs> just is she yeah. she is stone cold
1: right right um and so how we have to process process it is we have to take it into, you know, uh, not that you forget about it, but you have to shelf it and, and move on. And, um, you know, we, we realized that, um, you know, we let that slip away. We had a really great opportunity. I thought, but as far as, uh, you know, where we were seated, we had a legitimate shot, Yeah. legitimate shot, uh, to get to the final four. And, um, And so I think once that you, you know, there's, there's time that heals, you know, that goes on that you, you go, all right, now let's, let's, we got to get excited about Grace Berger being a pro. Now we got to get excited about, you know, the, the three uh, newcomers that we have. Um, and, and, and I know our kids, uh, there's still, uh, probably something left in their soul. I think that, reminds them like, this sucks, right? This really sucks. Uh, and, um, it's what motivates them, I think, to come in and, and have the summer that they had, uh, and, and what's going to motivate us, uh, you know, uh, help to motivate us. We have a lot of motivation because we, we want to be great. Um, we want to, uh, win a national championship. We want to win another big 10 championship. And we feel like we have the pieces to do that. Um, but, um, it's part of sport. You know, you guys know this, you know, there's some gut-wrenching, um, uh, you know, uh, moments um, where you just, uh, you know, it, it probably, you know, I rank it up there. And again, even though we had won the big 10, but losing the way we did it at, at, at Iowa on the last second shot, that was pretty gut-wrenching as well. And I feel like that sort of shook, that shook us a little bit too. I think oh, really? into the Interesting. big 10 tournament. Yeah, it's funny.
2: That's funny that you say that I um, as a fan, you know, that game meant less from the season because you had already locked up the Big Ten championship at that point. Right. right. And the fact that you still fought in that environment. And there were so many times where the team could have packed it in Mm -hmm. because there were times where Iowa would go up by like eight, nine, ten.
1: Yeah.
2: You just kept coming, kept coming and then had a chance to win. And look, yeah, she hits a crazy shot at the end you know, I mean, like, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, at least put somebody least, on the ball. Huh? <laughs> on
1: well, the ball Chloe day.
2: tripped, right? Yeah. Chloe got a little she did,
1: She did. She did. She, she tripped. But, uh, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, guys. You look back and you're like, what what could we have done differently? Um, you know, part of my staff was like, we wouldn't have changed a thing because we felt like we had, we knew what they were going to run. We took away the slip from Zazano, which is what we were trying to take away uh we knew they were gonna try to get the ball in um in Kate's hand but we felt like Chloe is such a great defender and has Moxie and confidence and um you know she's she's gonna make it difficult yeah. for her. So I mean, yeah. you know there were some unfortunate things in there but you know when it's and again give her, her props she is terrific but uh you know as my sister and brother I think texted me and said it had it could have been anybody else
0: i know i know i know <laughs> believe me we get it we get it just to to um take things out on a positive note yes uh, now look i'm johnny come lately to the conversation <laughs> give me a few guys cover this already but i am staring at 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 grace back there with you yeah. on the wall and um Look, yeah. anybody who has the internet knows how excited you were when she got drafted. Um, but since that time, she's been named to the All-WNBA Rookie Team. Can you just talk a little bit about what it's like to have her up in Indianapolis doing what she's doing? And maybe, yeah. even, does that, in this day and age, does that help with recruiting, too?
1: Yeah, I think, well, first of all, that was an incredible night, because that's the first time I'd ever been able to attend the draft. First oh, time I'd nice. ever been there. Um, and so that was a really Won't special will be the night. last yeah, for, for, for me and our staff, I took Box and I took Rhett because, you know, Box, our Rhett and I had recruited Grace, you know, then Box came in and was her position coach. So the three of us got to go to New York and experience that, which was really cool. Um, not a million years, side story, Coach Dunn's the GM at the Fever. She and I were in a discussion a couple days before. She gave me every reason why they were probably not going to draft <laughs>
2: Grace <laughs> She was gaming you. She was playing yes. you.
1: And I said, look, you know what, coach, you do what you've got to do. Cause I know that she's going, somebody's going to draft her and she's going to have an unbelievable career. I know Grace Berger um, and how competitive she is. And so I think, Lord, that was my, not, was I just excited? I was in shock that, that Lynn, that coach Dunn, uh really bamboozled me. Like she set me up for, because <laughs> I was just, now she's going to go between seven and 10. That's what, you know, everybody pundit. You know, that's what everybody was saying. So I started. We were kind of sitting in the back, and I started making my way up. And I just stood. I just got up there just when she, uh, you know, announced the fever pick, the seventh pick, fever. And I, yeah. So will it help with recruiting? I do. I think it will. I, you know, I, again, that's the great thing. And I was telling Eric this before. Um, you know, B- one of the before Ward she,
2: woke up and came on the show. Before you yeah. woke up, you know this
1: changed. <laughs> you know all of the games that have been on TV, like all these these people that have watched us uh, and they love Grace Berger. You know, there's two there's two 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 people uh, two players that they always comment on, and you know usually those are your easiest one to figure out your best players. But is Grace and McKenzie. But they Grace Berger has a tremendous amount of fans that filled. Uh, Bainbridge Fieldhouse. Uh, anytime they were home this this summer uh, in WNBA play, they all had Indiana. They all had Indiana Grace Berger jerseys on. Um, and so, and and but I want to I want to make this clear. And I think Coach Dunn tried to make it crystal clear. They didn't recruit her just to to draw you know uh, fans and uh, drive tickets. That they 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 understand. She came and watched. Uh, she and, and Christy came and watched Grace three times. Uh, which told me there was a, there was a genuine interest in, in her helping them. They're trying to build their culture there. Grace is a culture kid. And so um, not only do you get this unbelievable player, you know, competitor, she's nasty competitor, but you're going to get a great culture kid that understands roles. Um, And we watched it right in front of us. You know, the conversations that she and I kept having were stay patient, stay ready, stay patient, stay ready. And she just kept showing up, doing her work, doing her work, doing her work. And, um, you know, now she, she made her found herself on the all rookie team, which none of us were surprised by, um, you know, selfishly, we want to, we wanted to see her play more early, sure. but we got to see her play more late. And I think that was, you know, Grace's, um, patience, but also being, being ready and in continuing to show up. I guarantee it outside of practice, doing that work, um and um and so it's it's special for us to have her as close there's
2: no, yeah. no doubt yeah coach before i let you go i want to ask you kind of a macro question that that i've been thinking about the last um really like the last 6 months uh, or really last year watching your team play and just i i have watched women's sports more than i ever have in my life women's basketball mm-hmm. i love indiana women's volleyball i've really right. gotten invested in that what they're doing but what occurs to me is like when you're a coach of a men's basketball team, you never have to deal with questions of you're just dealing with basketball or football. You're not having to deal with questions about like, what does it say about the state of the sport that you were able to draw this many people or right. what do you have to say about the fact that the facilities weren't as good for you as they were? And you, because you're a very visible person now because you're running one of the best programs in the country, you constantly have to answer questions about ratings and we drew more people than any women's sport. And, and when there was that controversy, um, in Vegas with the the pre-conference tournament and what that looked like. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not what you signed up for. You signed up to be a basketball coach, right? right? Like that's what you love to do is it, but, but you, because of the position you're in, you have to become almost, it seems like it's forced on you to become a spokesman and an advocate for a larger cause. And I'm not saying that cause is not worthy. It is, but is it, is it burdensome for you? Do you ever resent the question and just want to be like, can't we just talk about basketball? Like, I I just, I feel, I feel bad for you having to like, just ask (laughs) the question about basketball, right? The other stuff, it feels like you almost have to speak up, even if you don't want to, you have to. And I'm just wondering if that is, if that's a burden for you.
1: It, it's not, um, you know, let's, let's let, look, uh, you know, women's sports is at an all time high, right. Yes. In terms of clarity. Um, and so I feel like I still, I think because I'm older, still have this responsibility to, to make sure that we are any opportunity I have to speak on women's basketball and why people should support it, why people should come out. Um, you know, I, I think I'll always be like that. Um, what I get annoyed with is when they ask, when the media asks me questions that they would never ask a men's basketball coach Yes, regarding basketball. I get, oh. I usually get annoyed by those kinds of questions. Can you give me more- an example? Like what,
2: <laughs> give me an example. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but what right. would be, what would be a basketball um, question that a man's, a men's coach wouldn't have to answer?
1: Um, I mean, it could be anything technical. From well, you know, do you do you work on do you free the nights work? You know, maybe we struggle from the free throw line. Well, is that something that you guys you spend time on that? <laughs> are, are you serious? Like really, you're going to ask me that question? Would you ask Woody that question? I mean, and maybe right. they would, but it's like, of, of course, we spend time sure on pressure free throws like look our kids aren't out there intentionally trying to miss right um but and coach so- in
2: that moment in that moment when you're asked a question like that do you feel like don't take the bait <laughs> like don't just answer it because yeah like that's what i mean by the burden you constantly have to be thinking how is this going to reflect on women's sports in general right. if i answer it too harshly or go yeah. after them something that men's coaches don't have to worry
1: sure sure you know i don't know um again my goal is to always come off as being very professional it really is i want to be very professional but i also um want them to realize that uh i'm a little bit annoyed by the tone like with you know like i'm just a little bit annoyed that i'm going to answer your question but i'm I'm probably going to maybe be a little bit shorter than normal um, just because. you know, again, we, we see it. I, we see it a lot. I think on, 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 you know, that, and again, I wish I had a better example because it happens to me throughout the season. And I always think to myself, I wonder if they would ask that to, you know, uh, Woody or, you know, uh, anybody else, you know, or, or
2: uh, I'll tell you what I've noticed. And cause I watch all your press conferences. Yeah. There is, I think and I'm not speaking on the people that cover you from the Indiana side because they are yeah. invested. Sure. But when you get a national game or a game with some national attention and some people come in that don't cover you, there is a lack of preparation in the question yes. that they would never have for the uh, a men's basketball team. And Correct. it's almost like they feel like they can get away with it yeah. because it's a women's yeah. basketball. And that pisses mm-hmm. me off.
1: Yes. Um you brought up a great point. Um, I, I was speaking to a a beat writer that was actually covers Connecticut women's basketball a year ago. And, um, this is when Mac's name was being thrown around for Wade and all American. And, and this gentleman asked me, described to me why basically Mackenzie's game and why she should be uh, in the conversation and my question to him was have you watched us play have you watched her play right well no you know well that's the problem yes. and i and i said to him i'm not suggesting that you're lazy <laughs> but you're going to if you're going to ask me about a kid that has an opportunity is one of the best players in the country right now and her team is considered at that time you know we were ranking up we're one of the best teams in the country right now. Don't you think you might want to turn the TV on and try to catch a game? And then when you ask me that question, you can rattle off. This is when I watch her. These are the things that how did she develop?
2: Exactly. Those quick
1: feet? How did exactly. she? Right. Versus you telling me, like, I have to describe to you why this kid should be an All-American. Like,
2: yeah, no I'm one would starting. have asked Woody right why is trace jackson davis a good should be considered a big 10 player of the year candidate no one would have ever asked him that
1: so that's that's probably a better example of the things that i get annoyed at and how maybe in the past i would just start rambling off all the great things that she does right but i think as i've gotten older and a little wiser and like I'm not going to just sit here and act like this is okay. Yeah. Cause you're but a baller gonna, now. Cause you're I'm a baller
2: gonna, coach. Yeah, you're but
1: a I'm going to be professional and at least ask him the question of, have you watched us play? And if you haven't, maybe you should. Yeah,
2: I,
0: yeah, I, I, I wonder right if, I wonder if part of the solution to this systemic problem is is for you, Coach, to go over to the IU Media School and give uh, some undergrad ladies a pep talk about how <laughs> important it is they get into journalism, into sports journalism. Because yeah. when you're looking out at that crowd of, of reporters, I I know women are very underrepresented in that field right now. And, I, I you know, the media school is really good. We could, we could have some yeah, yes. folks come out of there and ask a lot better questions.
1: Right. Yeah. You
2: know, before we wrap up here, I just want you to know, like when people ask me about you, I tell them like, yeah, we're friends. I I like saying you're my friend, even though you probably have never referred to me as a friend of yours, <laughs> but I get cre- street cred by saying you're my friend and maybe every once in a while i'll slip in yeah she's my best friend <laughs> i don't i might say that i just want you to know that that happens in case it ever comes back to you if somebody says to you hey are you best friends with eric pankowski Yeah, just know that maybe i put that out of the world
1: <laughs> i'll back it up yeah and then Ward, he's our he's our he's our third wheel yeah, yeah. he's the
0: yeah. third wheel he just shows up late asking a couple dumb questions and then leaves, but I'm happy to be in that role. I'm just glad I'm on the, I'm in the band.
1: Yeah. Coach,
2: <laughs> let me tell you what Ward and I are doing. You scheduled a game at Stanford, which I just yep. think is incredible. A home and home. We play Stanford yep. next year in Bloomington. Yep. Yep. As you know, Stanford's not too far from where we live. It's a yeah. little bit of a drive, about a six hour drive. Ward and I are taking our entire families. We are renting a type of RV Sprinter van thing, okay. and doing a road trip coming up to that game.
1: Very nice, bringing everybody, bringing everybody. That. We are great. very
2: excited, and there's an IU connection there. Obviously, the head coach is an IU yep. grad, went to IU. Yep. Um, do Do you have a relationship with? with I do, Tara. Yeah, Tara? so she's
1: she's been great uh, to me, and um, you know, she is uh, obviously a Hall of Famer. She's a legend. Um, she's a legend, and uh, you know it's ah uh, it's going to be great to um, not only go out there, but also have her come, you know, uh, into Indiana as well. I know it's going to mean a lot to her and her her family.
2: Has she ever coached in the Indiana. team back in Bloomington? Has she ever been? I don't back?
1: think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe so.
2: Wow, so, and but also yeah. not to mention Stanford is one of the legacy no brands of college basketball yeah. yes. and yeah. you're playing them as a peer like that's what's right. amazing it's like this is a yeah. giant game of two of the best programs in the country it's what college basketball needs both on the men's and yeah. women's side is more games like this right it's going to be a great measuring stick game for you guys early in yes. the season and before we let you go What are you excited about with this team? Obviously, we know that what we lost, but you named the newcomers. How do you see this team playing this year?
1: Uh, Well, again, I I mean, I'm very optimistic. Uh, You know, no big shoes to fill without Grace Berger being here, but uh, really like what I've seen from – um you know uh lene and Jules and charnice uh the new pieces uh you know you know that uh, lexi had a great summer uh, Barger, sir, Le- uh lily had a great summer um and so everybody gets a little bit better a little bit wiser you know in terms of experience um when you go from being a freshman to you know becoming a sophomore we have uh, you know no juniors so um pretty experienced team um with um i think the expectations are as high as they were a year ago um and um you know we just have to have some luck but we also have to stay healthy as you know um you know i think we have uh, if if she's not um she's up there with one of the best best players in college women's basketball right now uh, absolutely and i so, also
2: got to think that lexi knee brace coming off yeah. seeming to be totally healthy yeah. sarah scalia Yep. Seems totally healthy, which she wasn't at the beginning of last year. You know, like that's two big additions too. you know,
1: you know, so, so, and, you know, the dilemma we had last year is trying to figure out, all right, who we, who we going to bring off the, the bench. And that's what I'm talking about the sacrifices and the roles. And that's what, how your team becomes special because all of them have to accept it and embrace whatever we ask them to do. And then we, you know, had Sid coming off the bench. She had started at Oregon, She was giving us great minutes, great little shot in the arm when she came in, making it, having an impact. And then Grace goes down and now we have to bring Sid. And then we have to figure out when Grace gets back, who goes back on the bench. And so great problems to have, but, um, but, you know, Sarah obviously, um, you know, has looked great and uh, she tweaked her her knee a little bit in in Greece, but she's fine. Uh, And, um, and so, yeah, and everybody's a little bit better and um, you know, our freshmen are, Uh, in here every day, uh, whether they're watching film, whether they're down um, in the, in Cook, just getting a little bit better, but they're going to, they're going to, I think both have uh, terrific careers here in Indiana. So we have a lot to look forward to in those young kids.
0: Coach, we can't wait to get up to Palo Alto Alto to see you. We can't wait to get that back to Bloomington to see you. And of course, you know, through YouTube TV, I'll be watching every game on the big 10 network. Um, But, but thank you for taking the time. And, and I can't, uh if it hadn't just been last year i was like i can't imagine a fan base more excited for a season for a team than what's coming up and we just wish you the very best of luck
1: thank you i appreciate you being up ward
0: (laughs) (laughs) we all got to make sacrifices coach i'm part of the team here
1: (laughs) uh
2: well i echo everything ward said and more because we're best friends so uh we love you we love what you're doing and uh we just can't wait to root like hell for you so be good we'll see you soon
1: guys all right you guys take care be well that was a guest that was a guest
0: fuck (laughs) of all the people i this is the first time in like 250 episodes i've been late
2: all right so let's just get into it in your head 9 I said to you, 9 a.m.?
0: Correct. I had. A... So are you blaming me? No, no, I'm blaming me. I, uh, I just okay. could have scrolled further up the text messages before I set my alarms last night, but I had a 9 a.m. like coffee yesterday, and I just had it in my mind like both mornings, I got to be, you know, ready to have a conversation at 9 a.m. Uh, that would have consequences. So, I mean, it was awful because. I get my 8 a.m. alarm because I set alarm for 7.30 a.m. We know you love the snooze button. 8 a.m. because that's the one to really like, okay, you got to get up and going. And then there's an 8.30 to let me know that like, okay, I need to leave for the meeting yesterday or in this case be like, okay, you got a half hour. Um, But it's 8 a.m. I realize I'm waking up. The The, the interview's starting right now. I have to pee horribly bad. Yeah. And now clearly, like, you were probably trying to get a hold of me and couldn't. So now Annie's blowing me up from dropping the kids off at school. So I'm trying to pee. The phone's ringing off the hook. I'm trying to think, how quickly can I get my coffee and get out to the garage? It was it was awful. And then I get on, and my stupid microphone isn't working.
2: What a, just a total clusterfuck. It was I mean, awful. Just,
0: and, and look, I texted you at, like,
2: seven twenty. Our time like with a reminder mm-hmm. And when I didn't hear back From you I was like oh no Yeah yeah so I did call I, I texted Annie your wife Yes I'm like is he up She's like he's up
0: And Why would she say that how would she know When she left I was not up
2: I don't know. Maybe she was covering for you. I don't know. <laughs> she was, she... So are you saying that in the text message chain? Cause I couldn't remember if we talked about the time or texted You're about it.
0: You're right. You, to- you told me it. that's right. Now I will cut you some slack
2: because the times we were given included 12 Eastern time, which would have been nine our time. And I mentioned that to you, but I said like that, that's when she has to be done
0: no i think you i i'm i remembered it last night as you were like you know can you do tuesday 9am with terry i'm like yeah that's fine but then as soon as i saw what was going on when i woke up at exactly 8am i was like he said 8am fuck yeah he said 8am <laughs> all right well um but 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 just to just to put a, a bow on that i mean this is I'm, I'm I'm upset that my streak of never being late for one of these is over and I'm especially upset because it was Coach Morin.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean just the, one of the greatest coaches in the in college
0: athletics. Cuz if it was Woody, he wouldn't have even known. He wouldn't have known <laughs> what time it was. He wouldn't know who I was. It wouldn't have been a problem.
2: <laughs> oh man, um yeah, well, she handled it in stride, even though she was busting your balls, and and we do do some busting of your balls before you get on.
0: Sure. Um, yeah.
2: So that'll that'll be part of it. I will have to send it to you, and you'll have to edit it into the show, which will be painful.
0: Will I? Will or
2: will I? you? <laughs> but but let let's just. I mean, what you didn't have to sit through was me updating her resume. Well,
0: um, I'm sure that was lengthy.
2: It's just remarkable, Ward. I mean, it is, it's eight consecutive 20 plus seasons. It's, she took over a program that just never went to the tournament. And this is, she's been there nine seasons. She's entering the 10th. She's had five NCAA tournament appearances and would have had a sixth had it not been for COVID when we were awesome going into that, that year, uh, that tournament. She's made him one of the best. She's made Indiana women's basketball one of the top. What would you say? Five, six programs in the country. I mean, it is remarkable.
0: Yeah, and and when you talk about all the other ones that are up there, and and you know, I'd have to look at it, and and I'm not sure about you know programs that have been coming on more as of late. Certainly, none as strong as as IU, but the other ones in that conversation have all been good for a really long time. If you're talking Connecticut, of uh, Tennessee, Stanford. Stanford. Yeah, that, that even
2: how- even like LSU and some of yeah. those like they've been good for a while. South Carolina, they've been good for a long time.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, it's nice to be sitting at that table. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. It does not happen
2: where somebody who is not like like even like compared to Colorado football, what what Dion's doing at Colorado football.
0: I knew I you were going to bring up Dion. Well,
2: I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, when we were kids, Colorado was awesome. Yeah. When we were kids, Colorado was one of those teams, like Nebraska and Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan. Yeah. They were. And then they had a long time of being bad. So it's not like unheard of for Colorado to be good. They clearly have huge support, good facilities. They have a built-in fan base. But for a program that never had it, to enter the echelon of elite programs is so rare
0: in in any sport. It is so rare. And, we talk and that's what about she's this. done it's it's at at the college level it's all about the coach it is and you know uh, you've got other things going on in this day and age with with nil etc but at the end of the day in college football or basketball or probably any sport including those i don't follow if you have the right coach they can get you to that upper echelon and then you just have to make sure you don't let them go anywhere else
2: yeah, that, that's exactly it. Because I think that's what happens with a lot of programs. They find the right one. And then if they don't have the historical legacy of success and support, they can't afford to keep that one, that one leaves, and then they don't hit, they don't strike it rich again. Right. So he- then they go back to where they were.
0: Because it's so it's so rare. There's only a few of those coaches in existence at any one time. And often they end up taking over at one of the legacy programs when one of those coaches falls short or retires. So it it is.
2: Yeah, you're right. It's the single best thing Fred Glass did as athletic director of Indiana was hire Terry Moore. It's the single
0: best thing he did.
2: Followed closely,
0: close. followed closely by coming on our show after he retired. Sure. Sure. Followed
2: closely. So I am super excited for the team. I am super excited to go to Palo Alto uh, with you and the family.
0: I mean, that is going to be such a shit show. That's going to be, that's going to be what, a nine of us in a sprinter van? Ten. Ten.
2: 10 because it's your four and it's my six because holly and flynn are going to flynn's
0: coming too of course great great yeah mandy
2: is sitting it out
0: (laughs) yeah well but
2: but i found a sprinter van that we can rent that has 10 seat belted seats
0: uh and what are we dealing with are we going to have screens are we going to? I, I, I hope not, actually, because I don't
2: think so. I think they're just really nice seats. It it looks like um, I'll send you pictures, but it looks like like lounge, ch- like very nice seats, like very nice like nicer than first class on an airplane.
0: Oh, wow. So, yeah, like everybody has their own seat type of thing.
2: Everyone has like their own bucket seat almost.
0: OK, you know, one thing I will say the Roberts family, at least. Three of us are somewhat inclined to uh, getting carsick, so we might we might need to be up more towards the front.
2: Just everybody in the front seat.
0: <laughs> the the front seats. Who um, do you
2: think? Well, I was curious, like driving arrangements. Like I'm going to drive. Like you'll probably drive some of it. Yeah, yeah, we'll take turns. But who's sitting in the passenger seat?
0: Well, I would imagine a lot of the time, Holly and Annie are going to be annoyed by us and want to just sit next to each other and stick us together. Is Annie one that gets car sick, though? Yes, but, you know, again, like, I think it's just, like... We always used to get real sick doing super shuttle when we'd be like in the very back and super shuttle would like pick up and drop off seven people before you. So I think if we're like middle to front seats and look, we're driving up the five for about four hours so that where it's really going to get to be an issue is when we're getting towards Palo Alto and we're driving through the curvy roads of the Northern California mountains.
2: I I think I've told you this story. I, I have been prone to getting car sick as well. From time I've I've just terrible equilibrium. I get motion sickness, and we all know
0: you have a terrible equilibrium.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I think I've told this story, but I'll tell it again. I was just starting my career in research at Warner Brothers, and part of my job was to uh, aid the sales guys and create like research materials for them. And the sales guys were like the slick guys in suits and they had nice cars and they had like the power. And so you wanted to be like friends with them or you wanted them to like you. And I, you know, I bust balls and I'm not shy and have no shame. And so a couple of the sales guys took a liking to me and they were, you know, I was 23 and they were probably mid thirties to 40, somewhere around there.
0: Real old.
2: Old fucking guys. Jesus. so (laughs) sad thinking about how much older we are than what they were at that time. But they invited me to play golf with them to come out and play golf on a Saturday morning at like 6 30 AM.
1: Oh boy.
2: And I, I'm not a good golfer, but I I was like, I have to do this. Right. And so Mandy and I talked about it where I was so excited and nervous. I got up at like 4 AM. It was way out in LA. It was like in Malibu, um, but you had to go down like Malibu Canyon, you know, one of those crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I get up and I'm I i I'm on the road at like 430 and I'm driving and they're on the 101 headed out north. There is bumper to bumper traffic. I'm like, how is this possible? <laughs> and I realized I was going to be late. And this is pre smartphones. And I didn't know where I was going. The only thing I had was. the the thomas Thomas guy guy. (laughs) which if you don't know what that is it is a book as big as a phone book thick thickness wise and twice as wide and it has every street in los angeles and there was a code basically and how to use it you'd open the book and then you'd follow the, the path and you'd if you went off the page to the top, it would tell you turn to page 220 and you'd have to flip to 220, which, by the way, I think is hilarious when people were like hands free is the big craze. I'm like, what <laughs> a- we were we were operating like a Torah
0: while we drove. <laughs> we, we, uh, there was a lot of pulling over to the side of L.A. streets when we first moved here.
2: Exactly. So I figured instead of going all the way out and then left, I could go left now, get off the freeway and then meet up well that meant going on like mulholland Mm. and and other just total s-curve streets and i got lost and i had a giant headache and i was dizzy as shit and i didn't know where i was (laughs) and i ultimately pulled over to a random house that was like in the middle of nowhere And went to the door and asked them, where, where was I? And how do I get, (laughs) how do I get out of here? And this person like comes to the door at like 6.15 AM and on a, on a Saturday, they're like, what is this crazy person doing? And they tell me how to like, get out. I finally get dumped out on the PCH, which is the road that is parallel to the the Pacific ocean ward. I am like halfway to Santa Barbara. (laughs) I am so far north of Malibu and I get to the PCH and I pull over and I open the door and I vomit and I just vomit, vomit, vomit. And then I get in the car and I just go to sleep and I woke and I woke up at one o'clock. <laughs> I come. It takes me like an hour to drive back home. I'm driving so slow because I'm still kind of sick. I walk into the apartment and I look like death. And Mandy's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, she goes, how was golf? I'm like, I didn't play. (laughs) She's like, What do you mean? Where have you been? It was like two o'clock. And I just went into the bed and fell asleep till like 8 p.m.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's brutal, man. That's that's brutal. I've only gotten kind of to that degree of sickness, like on small carnival rides that go around and around. But yes. when we were um, in in Maui, poor Maui, but we as a family got to go there before the fires. And there's this very famous road called the Road to Hana. Yes. Uh, and um, you know, we're in the jeep. Annie and I, of course, get to be in the front seat and porter he uh has a propensity to want to read in the car
2: oh boy
0: and we were telling buddy i don't think it's a good idea this is like the the curviest road in the western hemisphere he's like it's fine it doesn't bother me and so uh, you know we're about a third of the way on this road that takes like three hours to drive and it's like eight miles because it's so curvy and and it just and it just sounds like somebody dumped a, a jumbo can of chunky soup in the back seat. And we're like, and, and and we just hear Bo go, oh, and, and we turn around, and it's not only all over him; but he also his prized possession, which was his stuffed animal SpongeBob SquarePants, was just unrecognizable. And we're like, oh, buddy, 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 and he's like, like you, just pale as death. And then not but but he's also not only upset about what he's, you know, done to himself and the entire backseat, but poor SpongeBob. So then like we're at the side of the road, which is sort of death defying anyway, with other cars out there and no real shoulder and just trying to clean it all off, finding baby wipes, whatever we have. And then, of course, SpongeBob is never going to be the same again. Like I, it,
2: I would have just sacrificed him to the volcano. I mean, well, I would have just given him away.
0: That was not an option that, that really would have ruined the entire trip for young Porter. But as, as you know, we got back on the road and we were able to start to joke about it. Um, SpongeBob who is still with us is now known as SpongeBob barf pants. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's no way that SpongeBob barf pants doesn't still have some smell. There's no way.
0: Not, not detectable to my bad Uh, All a factory. Anyway, back to Terry
2: Moran. You know, this year's team is going to be so much fun to watch. They—they are the classic. They they were already the best team in the country when it came to spacing. They are so much fun to watch. That offense she runs—it's just so much fun. So much cutting, so much movement, and yet still playing through Mac, who is the best post player in the country by far. And yet there's still so much movement and so much fun. And now as great as Grace was, and we know she was amazing, her one weakness was three-point shooting. She wasn't a confident three-point shooter, and she didn't take a high volume of them. The four people that they're going to put out around McKenzie to start, Chloe, Sarah Scalia, Sidney Parrish, and Yarden Garzon, are all three-point shooters. I mean, and then you're bringing in Lexi off the bench and, and some of these other players off the bench. But we're talking about four three-point shooters at any time on the court.
0: The defenders then, are damned if they do. They're damned if they don't. They, they've they got to get out there. They've got to get a hand in their face. And that means they're leaving Mac one-on-one with some poor victim. Or
2: Chloe can drive. Sydney drives and looks for contact. You know, Sarah Scalia showed a great floater game last year. Yarden has such great high basketball IQ. She knows how to use people's momentum against them to get open. It it has potential to be a super fun season. It'll be interesting to see if they need time to gel in addition to the 10 extra practices they got and all the practice time to just figure out grace is not coming back. You know, like how much do they need to just find a new identity without grace?
0: But in terms of them having a dry, you know, trial run at that when Grace was injured, you know, and and with they only
2: lost one game during that time,
0: yeah, and with the additional practice and with so many returning leaders, I just think, you know, whatever. Um, further meshing they need to do as a new unit will be taken care of in the pre-conference. And by the time big 10 play comes around, I mean, hopefully by the time they're in Palo Alto, Tamper. yeah, they're, they're already, I, I just, I, I think they're really, really dialed in as a program, and they know they know how they play. And even with alterations with different players coming and going, and and you do adjust to that, but it's within this system that is now so well established. So I don't think it's going to take long to see the fun that is going to be IU women's basketball this season. I agree.
2: We didn't have her do it. You didn't. Damn it. God damn it. I mean, we're just awful at it. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E. No I. But the sometimes why.
0: Who'd you put in? Who do you want me to put in?
2: Brian Stack, Scottish.
0: Got it. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of warning and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hysterics. Hoosier
1: Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics! Hoosier Hysterics!